Good morning again. We've been working our way through what we call the culture of hope in this sermon series, and one of the things that we're trying to do in the process of that is talk about the different things, the different behaviors, the, 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 the call to actions that, that makes Hope Lutheran, Hope Lutheran. And one of those things that we find very important that makes us who we are is to be deeply rooted in God's word. So that's what I wanna to talk to you today about, being deeply rooted in God's word. Let's have a word of prayer together. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. Heavenly Father, help us to hear your word. Help us to be doers of your word. Help us to put these words into practice. And Father, lift us up so that when people see us, they don't see you. They don't see us, but they see you. This we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, In the early 20th century, the Canadians up in Manitoba, those friendly, wonderful neighbors of ours, they struck gold. They didn't strike gold like the folks in British Columbia. They didn't strike gold by finding the, that precious ore in the rivers. No, they, these folks, the, the Manitobans, they found gold by planting seed and sowing it and nurturing it and then harvesting it in that late summer and early fall. They had a problem much like we do down here and that's how do you get your golden grain from the center of a continent to where the people live out on the east and west coast? Well, they figured it out. The railroad figured out, the Trans-Canadian Railroad, they figured it out that they would build an elevator, that they would build a huge elevator near Winnipeg, Manitoba. And there in this huge elevator, they could begin to distribute grain east and west. This elevator was well designed. In 1911, they began some geotechnical um, evaluations of what the soil would look like. And this is what they found. They found that the soil could handle a load of 400 kilopascals. I suppose some of you are wondering what a kilopascal is. I had to figure that out too. It's basically a unit of pressure. Pressure per square inch is what we would use in the metric, metric system, 400 kilopascals. And so what they did is they designed this very large building to be able to put a load of 300 kilopascals down. In other words, they thought that they were safe, that they were good. This building would be 36,000 meters cubed. Let's take a look at what that building would look like. This is what that building would look like at once they finally built it. Let's get that slide up, up here. Five rows of 13 different elevators. And so in, in the year 1913, they began to fill up the elevators as the harvest began to come in. And when they got to a point where these elevators were 87.5% filled, all of a sudden disaster began to strike. The building sunk 30 centimeters into the ground. For those of you, again, stuck on the imperial system, that's about a foot. And then it began to tilt 27 and a half degrees to the west. Disaster. 
well, how on earth could this happen with such careful examination of the soil and whatnot? Well, what they found out is that they didn't do enough examination of the soil. They made some incredible blatant errors, and this is what they found, that that soil was actually four different layers of soil, and three of them, yes, it's a Red River Valley, were made of clay. And on the very bottom of all those three clay layers was a layer of tan sand made of limestone. They built this building on sand and clay, and it began to tip over. On the other end of the 20th century, towards the latter part of it, in the last few years, and at the other end of the Red River Valley, I was spending the night out on a sandy hill, looking up into the stars, wondering, praying. My soul was heavy, deep, burdened. Clearly there was some behavior in my life that, that was not putting into practice Jesus' words. I, I was chasing fame and, and self-gratification. I was trying to live out the dream instead of living out God's vision for my life. And I felt much like this building sinking down into the sand and leaning 27 degrees to the west, ready that, for an imminent collapse. What do you do? What do you do except possibly just pause, repent, pray? As I left the Sandhills early that night, as I left early in that morning, I vowed to stop building my life on the sand of the dream and begin living my life based on the bedrock that is the very word of Jesus Christ. Jesus says as much here in Matthew's gospel. He, he says as much that we need to build our lives upon the rock that we shouldn't be building our lives upon the sand. Here at the end of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus implores us not only to hear his words, not only to know his words, but to become doers of his words and to put them into practice. Here, listen to these words one more time. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man, a wise person who built their house on the rock. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and yet it did not fall because it's had its foundation on the rock. I love Jesus' words. I, I love Jesus' words because I have found them to be true and I also find much genius in them. Well, the genius that I find here is this. It means that being a Christian doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy, that the storms of life will not come, that you will not face any difficulty by following him. No, that doesn't mean that at all. It means that when it happens, when the difficulties in life come, 
whether they be persecution or grief or whatever sadness might come into your life, when you have built your house upon the rock that is the very word of God, your house will not sink 30 centimeters until 27 and a half degrees to the west. Let's hear Jesus' word. Let's know the very word of God. And then let's put these words that God has revealed to us into practice. Do you know what the words of Jesus are? Let me just ask that simply. Do you know what the words of Jesus are? Do you know what's in this book? Do you know the very story of God? And then do these words, do they change your life? Do they have authority over your actions? Folks, I have found it far better to go through life knowing and practicing the words of Jesus, being deeply rooted in Scripture than not knowing or ignoring God's story, his vision for my life. Because as pastors, we find that, tr- that to be true. We want you, the people of hope, to become a biblically literate congregation. That's really one of our visions for ministry here is that you become biblically literate. If you are not already, that you become a biblically literate person. Here's what we mean by that. The Barna Institute did this fantastic survey, and what they found was not so fantastic. Um, I, I pulled these words out of um, off Crosswalk from what they um, condensed it down to, but here is here, here's what what they they, they 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 boiled it down to: that fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Many Christians, followers of Jesus, cannot identify more than two or three of the first disciples of Jesus. And according to data from this, 60% of Americans cannot name even five of the Ten Commandments. Further, there's other surveys out there that put this in a stark problem, that they show us a stark problem. Accordingly, 82% of Americans believe that God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. Born again Christians did slightly better. 81% of born-again Christians believe God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. And for those of you wondering, it's not. I want you to become biblically literate. I want you to be like whom the psalmist describes in Psalm 1. I want you to be like the righteous who meditate upon the law that's, a, that's a, a way of saying the word of God. Who meditate upon the word of God day and night. 
I want you to be like Jesus, who describes the wise as those who built their house upon the rock. Let's talk a little bit about what the Bible is. I believe the Bible to be the inerrant word of God in its original form and language. For, for those of you that don't know, the, the Bible is a collection. It's really a, a library of books. They've been written by human hands and they're inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Some of the books are history and some of them are prophecy and some of them are poetic and wisdom. It, it took 1,500 years from the time the first books of the Bible were, were penned to the time that the last book of the Bible was written. These books were written by human hands and they are inspired by God's Holy Spirit. You could read this book alone. And if you are doing a daily devotion by yourself, I applaud you. You you could read this book of the Bible alone. But I believe God has a better vision. That word meditate, that, that word meditate and from the Hebrew scriptures, on those who meditate on his law day and night, it's not a word that means by yourself. It implies a group of people gathered around the very word of God, speaking it to one another. One of our worship leaders, her, her name is Heidi, and you know, most of you have probably seen her from time to time. She, she leads one of our worship teams. She's not only a great musician, but she is a great student of the Bible. She is one of those people who meditates upon the Word of God day and night. I, I had a chance to visit with her a little bit about how she does that. And I want you to hear how she studies the Word of God. Let's turn our attention to the screen as we listen to how Heidi does this. The main thing is because I think God has given me a gift of faith to know that every word of the Bible is true. And so when I know that it's truth, and I, it's like a deep down conviction that it's true. I can trust it and rely on it. And even though it's hard to understand and I might not get all the innuendos or anything about it, I still know that it's true. And so then it makes me dig a little deeper and, and then you just want to know more. If you delight in his word, then you start changing and your desires become his desires. And so then I think that's, it's just a great way to see yourself change because you have read the word. And I've seen over the years how my life has changed and my opinions and my truths have changed by studying his word. And they line up a little bit closer to his. It's never gonna be perfect, of course, but they just, they just keep changing. And that's a way that you just know that his word is alive and active. So right now, I have a friend that uh, used to live here, but she's moved to a couple different cities, and we every day do a devotional together through the Bible app. And so each week, you know, she just picked one that's four days long, and then when she's when we're done with that one, 
we comment back and forth and then and then I'll pick the next one. And so we've been doing that probably for five years. And and I love doing that because it keeps me in touch with her, but it also keeps us in the Bible and then we can pray for each other and support each other and and really kind of dig that way. And that's a quick, easy way to do it. But then I've also been in BSF for over 20 years. And I feel like Bible Study Fellowship has really helped me dig deep. And um, some of the studies repeat themselves. And so it's great to see, like when I've studied Matthew three different times, how my life is different, those three different times I've studied it. And, and God just speaks to you differently every time you dig into his word. So those are the things that keep me grounded. And then I have a group of friends that I love to study with. And we meet for coffee every once in a while in the summers. We do a summer study together and we call ourselves the Bible study besties. So we keep each other accountable too. I encourage you to be deeply rooted. I want to give you a few tools to help you be deeply rooted. And you heard Heidi mention a few of those. And let's get the slide up on, on the screen here. One is to use an online devotional, and you can find those through the Bible app, Bible.com, or, or just find that at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Whatever it might be, that's a, a great place to start, either alone or, better yet, with a group. There's also another one, another app that we as pastors use probably more frequently because of its study, study capabilities. That's really BibleGateway.com. Again, you can get that on an app or you can go right to the website. You can find Bible studies right in that particular place. If you want to begin understanding the historical cultural context of the Bible that you're reading, which is a fantastic thing, an idea for us to understand, so that the Holy Scriptures are more fleshed out for us, I encourage you to watch some of the videos that prep us and help us understand through the Bible Project, bibleproject.com. It is a seminary-level education for free. It is well worth your study. But also it's something that we at Hope Lutheran Church should be doing together, not alone. With that vision of becoming a biblically literate congregation, a few weeks ago we started um, a, a pastor-led Bible study held on Sunday nights. It's at our South Campus. And we call it deeply rooted. And what we're doing is choosing some specific parts of the book to jump into, to dive into, and to read together, to study together, to understand more fully together, and then to be doers of the word, practitioners of the word together. Uh, we're currently looking at the books, uh, the book of, of Genesis. And, and even if you've missed a, a, a few of these weeks, I'm going to say this. It's designed where you can jump in and start wherever. So that could be like today. To clear your schedule. And say, I'm going to make that an important part of my life. Understanding and becoming a practitioner of the word of God building my life 
upon the rock that is the word of God. You can come back to that elevator disaster. One of the really cool things that happened after that particular disaster is they fixed the building. They were actually able to get under it and to regird it and to make it upright so that it stood the way it was supposed to stand and then spread out the force so that they could actually load it up. That elevator is still in use today because its foundation was fixed. If you feel like your life is sinking into the sand and leaning to the west, it's not too late. Begin building your life upon the very word of God. And when the storms come and the rains fall and the rivers rise, your house will not fall. Amen. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I praise you for who you are and for your word upon which we can build our life. Heavenly Father, help us to know it and help us to become practitioners of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.